spirit of fear, okay? But how many of you know that out there at the moment there is a spirit of fear amongst the community and society? Well, if God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but there is this real spirit of fear running around out there in the world today, if it's not from God, then it has come from somewhere else. Fair call? God is not the author of fear. He's not trying to place fear in us. When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it's talking about a deep-seated reverence for who God is. It's not fear as in cowering in the corner because you might get a beating if you get something wrong. It's a reverential fear. It's a respect for the fact that I am the created one. I'm the, I'm the clay and he's the potter. It's not a fear that causes me to back away from God. It's a fear that causes me to come humbly and bow myself before God. That's what the Bible talks about when it talks about uh, the fear of God. It also says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's a type of wisdom that begins with the fear of God. There's a type of wisdom that begins when we humble ourselves and we come before God and we surrender our life and control of our life to Him. And we choose to live the way that He says is the right way to live. And when we come before God and we start from the basis of the fear of God, we set ourselves up for true wisdom. Because true wisdom comes at the feet of God. There's another type of wisdom that comes from the world. And it comes from other types of fear. When we bow to other types of fear, and then we do what we think is wise in our own eyes. And how many of you know that there's a way that seems right to a man? Many have travelled it before. Seems like wisdom. But it pulls us away from reverential fear of God. It pulls us away from a place where God is the ultimate, uh, the beginning and the end. It pulls us away from a place where we believe God is actually in control here. And all of a sudden we feel like, no, there's something else that's more powerful. And maybe we feel like God's authority and power dips a little bit because of what's going on in the world. And yesterday, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, God was the God of all creation and could do no wrong. And now he's, well, he's the God of most things. But there's probably a few things there he's just not that interested in or a few things there that slipped through the cracks. Maybe God got bit by a mosquito at one moment and when he turned to slap, oh no, it got through. Ah, what am I going to do? Let's have a board meeting in heaven and talk about the decisions and the end of the meeting is, well, let's postpone, we'll have another meeting. We'll keep talking. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. I want to speak that out over us today. And I'm hoping at the end of today that when we walk out there into the world, that we, every one of us here, we'll go out there and we'll take that message to the world out there. Because what's happening at the moment is the real pandemic is not a disease. The real pandemic is fear. And what does this mean for us? You know, I was reading a news report this morning, and the facts are that there's been 200, up until 9.30 this morning, 251 diagnosed cases in Australia. 251. I mean, I'm, I'm no brilliant mathematician. I failed maths miserably at school. But I'm going to put my odds in the favour of not getting it. Out of those 251, only three people had died. And from what I have gathered, they had pre-existing respiratory and other issues that this kind of just got on the back of, which can happen, by the way, with a common flu. can happen with a whole host of other things. Secondary issues that, because of a primary issue, it can take you down. So 251 cases. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I was surprised when I read that because I've been away for four days. I haven't been able to read a lot of newspaper articles or, or sorry, let me rephrase that. I haven't been able to, to get any logical facts. 
about what's going on. I've, 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 I've seen all the fear-mongering and every single show on television. It, honestly, I thought I was going to come home to a, to a ghost town. I thought I'd come back into Ganelabar and there would be dust balls rolling down the street. You know? There would be carcasses on the ground with vultures circling around, coming down for what's left. I was so surprised when I drove into town and it looked pretty much like it did when I left four days ago. But every time we turned on the TV, I was, I was playing a sporting event with a bunch of over 45-year-old uh, uh, men. And every morning we'd get up and get ready to go and play and somebody would turn on the TV and it's no longer the Today Show. If I'd never seen it before, I'd think it was called the COVID-19 because it was massive on the screen and then there's a little thing that says Today. But it's, they've changed their name. It's now the COVID-19 show. And every person they spoke to, it didn't matter what the story was about or what the issue was, it all came back to this disease that is apparently going to wipe out planet Earth. And so when I came home and then sat down this morning and read those statistics before church today, I thought, oh, what was I so stressed and worried about? I'm not a doctor. Let me just put it right out there. I'm not a doctor. But if you want to come to me and pay me 90 bucks, I'll diagnose your problem. I'm happy to do that. Okay? It won't be coming from a sound medical background, but I'll tell you what, I'll make it 50. Make it 50. So afterwards, let's hang around. 50 bucks. I'll tell you, too desperate, have some water, hop in bed for a couple of days. Um, I mean, from what I've gathered, that's the, 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 it's mostly flu-like symptoms again. I'm not a doctor. But I know what you do when I get a flu. I just drink fluids and take some desperate. I don't go and pay a doctor 90 bucks to tell me I've got a flu. If it's something else, I go to doctors. But that's just how a lot of people do. But if we, but, but, but if we just cut all our crowds down to 500 people, then, then we will stop the... Well, I, I don't get the logic because the 500 people are going to go and mix with other people. And it just, to me, it just seems crazy. We need to do everything we can to control and contain. And there are way smarter people than me. And we're taking our advice from those people. That's why this morning communion is different. That's why uh, uh, we're changing some things here. Uh, any churches in the nation this morning, 500 people? Everybody's respecting the government's decision and they're halving their services or they're, they're, they're adding multiple services and so on because we can't have bigger grips. So we're, we're, we're working with the government as a movement. We're working with the government. Uh, we're, we're doing everything that we can within natural wisdom to be smart because faith doesn't throw wisdom out the door. We still use our brain. I didn't get saved and God said, great, I'll take your brain out now because you don't need it anymore, you know. Just live out of your spirit. No, no, my, spirit is, my, my brain is now connected to a, a, a rejuvenated spirit and connected to God, and I have the mind of Christ and all that stuff. And so we don't throw that out, out the door. But at the moment, the problem that I'm seeing out there is not the disease itself, it's the fear. Fear is getting a grip of, of nations. I mean, uh, I, I looked at the top 10 nations at the moment with, with this particular disease, and the top three, the numbers are staggering in those top three or four nations, huge. But then it just drops dramatically and we're not even in the top 10 uh, nations in the world but it's the fear that's the problem when fear gets a hold of you it's amazing what fear can do and those of us that have surrendered our life to Jesus those of us that 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 have taken that that decision and that path we're called to live by faith the justified you and me in other words those that have been made just before God because of the cross of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, you are now just before God. In other words, you are, you, you are, what, what separated you from him has been taken away. And you are now right before God. Those who are justified in Christ, the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. We make our decisions from a base of faith. Our choices from a basis of faith. Faith in 
God. Faith in what Jesus has done. That's where we're coming from. So I want to just just chuck a few uh, little thoughts at you this morning. Because at the moment what I'm seeing going on is it's really a battle of fear and faith. And every one of us in this room, we've got more knowledge perhaps than a lot of people that are separated from God at the moment. There's a lot of people out there that only know what the world tells them. They've been trained, educated, the culture, that's just the way it is. But we come to faith, we come to Jesus, we get our eyes opened up, we realise there's actually another dimension to life. Amen? There's another way of doing life. Not just about what I can see, taste, touch, feel or smell. But there is a spiritual side to life. And so I come into the kingdom and now I'm trying to live by faith, not by feelings, not by fear. Now I'm trying to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I just want to leave you with a couple of thoughts this morning about fear and about faith. The first one is this. Fear and faith are strengthened by the same thing. And that's your focus. Your focus will strengthen faith in your life. Fixing our eyes uh, firmly upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. What we fix our eyes upon, what we fix our ears upon, what we allow ourselves to see and to dwell upon and meditate on, what we allow ourselves to listen to and to hear, it will feed either faith in our life or it will feed fear in our life. Fear and faith are strengthened by the same thing, and that is focus, whatever it is that you are looking at. What are you looking at at the moment? I know what's going on out there. I, I, I know what the media is saying. I know what I heard in the car radio on the news as I'm coming home. Story after story after story. Sporting events being cancelled. Economies are dropping. All the things that are going on in the world. And if that's all I'm hearing, then I'll tell you what, it's enough to build fear in a person's life. It's enough for people to go crazy and buy 44,000 rolls of toilet paper without having added a single person to your household. Makes no sense. But fear does crazy things to people. And if that's all we're hearing and all we're allowing ourselves to partake of, uh, then it's no wonder that fear gets strengthened in our life. But I believe that we're called not to strengthen fear in our life. Why? Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So he doesn't want us strengthening those things in our life that he hasn't given us. It makes sense that if he gives us something, he wants us to use it. The parable of the talents is a great example. The master gave them something, said, I want you to do something with what you've got. In other words, strengthen what has been given to you. Don't sit there and do nothing with it. Use what you've been given. So if God has not given me a spirit of fear, he doesn't really want me to go to places and focus my eyes and my ears on that which is going to feed fear and strengthen fear. But he does want me to go to places and listen and see and dwell and meditate on the things that will strengthen faith. So in the midst of everything going on out there, I know that I'm not underplaying that this thing could be deadly. I'm not underplaying that it's real. I'm not underplaying. But what I want to do is, is some of us are overplaying that and we're underplaying uh, Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that heals. Some of us are underplaying Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who heals your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is an awesome God. This is a great God that we serve. And we don't want to be overly caught up in all the down stuff and have fear built. Let's get back to faith. What does God say about it? You know, he loves you. Nothing, nothing that you do could separate you from his love. Like Jackie mentioned earlier, if that virus was to slip into my system, my God is a healing God. He could do something. Whether he does or doesn't, I'm not telling you whether he will or won't. What I'm saying is this, I know that he's able. I know that he's able, he can. So I fix my mind on that. I'm not worried about going out and, and, and contracting. I'll be wise, you know, wash your hands, all that stuff. 
But I've got a God that's greater than any sickness, any virus. And I've got a God that wants me to build faith. But there's a devil out there that wants to instill fear. I've got to make the choice. What am I going to feed my soul on? What am I going to listen to primarily? Where am I going to fix my gaze? Fear and faith both have the same uh, foundation. They both have the same foundation. It's whatever you focus on. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 verse 3 and 4. 4 and 5. Let me go there. I didn't have a chance to type everything out this morning. I haven't to write things because I, this other message I had was awesome. Probably better than this one. So I have to come back maybe next week and we'll do that one. But Isaiah 53. Speaking of Christ, when he died upon the cross, says, surely he's borne our griefs. That word in the Hebrew is actually the word coli. It means sickness and disease. It's speaking about sickness and disease. By the way, I'm not saying, please don't go away and say that I'm here preaching that you shouldn't get sick and that, that no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, that he's taken that stuff upon himself in the sense that he's above it. He's above it. Okay? Don't ever run around. And, again, and we've preached on that here before on, on healing. Hey, you know... Paul told Timothy, take a bit of wine for your stomach problem. Didn't say, come here, I'll slap hands on you. I'll guarantee God will heal. I don't know. You know, Paul ended up, I think, in Galatia because he had an eye problem. It's, we, we don't know all the ins and outs of healing, so please don't say that I'm taking this and saying you should never... Look, what I'm saying is this. He's above it. And he's, he's opened up a doorway for healing to be possible. Not just because a doctor says it is or it isn't. He's taken our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace. Peace is that a Hebrew word shalom means completeness, safety, health, prosperity. It's the whole thing. And by his stripes we are rougher. We are healed. We serve a healing God. We serve a God that has capacity to do things beyond medical science. Amen. Amen. Let's fix our eyes on God because your faith or your fear will feed on whatever it is that you're focusing upon. Second thing, fear and faith can both open doors. Fear and faith both open doors into our world. How many times, and I don't understand it and I don't want to try to explain it to you, but I'm sure you'll all agree with me. How many times did Jesus put these words together according to your faith? Now, that's not a condemning thing. I don't believe that should be taken as a condemning thing. And I know in a lot of circles when people preach faith, that becomes a really condemning thing. In other words, you didn't get because you don't have faith. Well, I can show you a thousand other opportunities there where it didn't work that way. I actually went through the Bible many, many years ago and did a study through the book of Acts and through all the Gospels. And I wrote down uh, what the miracle was, whose faith it was, and what the result was. And you know what I found? Contrary to all the books that tell you there's seven steps and five ways, there is zero formula. Sometimes it was the faith of Jesus and there's no indication the person had any faith at all. Sometimes it was the faith of the person. There were other times where, where the person themselves had no faith but their friends did. You can't formulate this stuff. But I do know this, that both fear and faith can open doors according to your faith. Well, I believe that the devil sits here and goes according to your fear. According to your fear. Let fear take root in your life and let's see what I can do. Let's see what sort of a door you open up. There's an interesting verse in the book of Job. And we all know the story of Job. He was a righteous man. And then he lost his, his kids and he, he was physically afflicted and, and his, 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 his whole world came crashing down at the beginning of, of the book. But in, in Job 3, verse 25, he makes this statement. He says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. In other words, what we read about in chapter 1 and 2, the collapse of his world and everything that happened, he admits, he says, before that ever happened, I was already afraid that was going to happen. This is what I feared would happen. 
And I'm not saying, please again, don't sit here and hear me saying, if you fear something, this will definitely, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that what faith is to God, fear is to the devil. God's looking for faith. And God, in an environment of faith, God can do a lot more than he can in an environment with little faith. I don't like it again, but I see it in the Bible. I see situations where Jesus actually says, I haven't seen such great faith as here. What's he saying? He's saying there are kind of different sort of levels of faith. People are at different places. I never ever once hear Jesus rebuking anybody for having too much faith in any of the gospel stories. But I can show you a few times where he rebuked people for too little faith. Can I explain that to you right now? No, does my head in. But it's there. And I'm choosing to try to live my life by what he has revealed of himself out of these pages, not what I like or what sits comfortably with me, or how I feel about it. That's just the way it is. He, he commended people for great faith. He rebuked at times people for little faith. I'm probably more towards the little faith end, maybe at times in life. I don't know. Maybe I need a bit of a rebuke and a, a kick up the bottom. I don't know. But it's there. But all I know is this. Faith opens doors, and faith is to God the same thing that fear is to the devil. And that's why God so many times, so many times, the number one uh, command, or theologians would say command, a statement, comment, whatever, the number one command directive in the Bible is what? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. To just about anyone that ever did anything significant, God came and the first thing he said before they even started on the journey was, hey, fear not. I'd hate it. Could you imagine? I'll tell you what, if Jesus appears to you, an angel comes to you today in, in a dream or something tonight, and the first thing he says is, fear not, turn and run. <laughs> Just run. If God comes and says, fear not, I'm out of here, I don't want to know. I saw what you did to everybody else that you said that to first. At least introduce yourself. Hi, I'm God. That's a nicer way, but he says, fear not, you turn around and take off. Fear not. Faith opens doors and fear can open doors into our life as well. And the third thing, and I'll get the musos back up because I want to finish here this morning with a bit of a declaration about who our God is. I want us to walk out of here this morning uh, filled with faith, filled with courage. Here's the thing. This is really a moment for us to stand up. You know, I, I heard a report this morning about the church in China at the moment in the midst of the coronavirus. You know what they're doing? They're not hiding away. Uh, they're not separating themselves. They're out there in the streets handing out masks. That's what they're doing. They're walking the streets and handing out masks to everybody and going, Here, here's your face mask. Here's your face mask. That's where the world is at. The world is at. That's what we need. Okay, well, it's not really what you need. It's, it's, it's a temporary thing. What you really need is Jesus Christ in your life. That's what you really need. But the felt need right now is we need to protect. So here, so they're walking the streets and the church is getting out there and standing up and separating themselves from the rest of the world. What a great chance we are in right now as a church, as individual Christians and believers in our workplace, in our community, in our sporting clubs, to stand up and go, you know what, I know what all the reports are saying, but I'm not going to give way to a spirit of fear because God hasn't given me a spirit. You don't have to stand up and preach at them. It's about the way we live our life. I'm not coming under all that stuff. You know, God said in the beginning, it's not good that man be alone. And this whole virus is just splitting people apart. Isolate yourself. Stay away. Don't touch. Don't touch people. I can't think of anything, anything that is more against the direction of, of the Holy Spirit and God in this day and age than what's happening now. And keep it in perspective, 251 people in our country have got this thing. Be wise, but wisdom begins with the fear of God. Not the fear of the devil. Not the fear of sickness. Not the fear of contamination. It begins with the fear of God. Bowing our knee before Jesus Christ. That's where true wisdom comes from. Third final point. Fear and faith will both take you somewhere. 
they'll both take you somewhere. You've seen the crazy stuff going on in the shopping centres at the moment. People are literally fighting. I mean, if, to me, this, this would have been a comedy skit 20 years ago. Two ladies walk into a shop and there's one toilet roll. And one grabs it this way and one pulls it that way. And they're screaming and shouting. And then somebody pulls out a phone and starts filming and they're hitting each other with umbrellas. 20 years ago, that would have been on a comedy sketch show. It's actually happening. The doors of a shop would open up and you would be trampled at Aldi's to get toilet paper like a Myers Christmas sale. They're just running through the doors. Crash tackling. Guys walking there with trolleys full of toilet paper. That is a comedy show. But it's happening because fear is taking people places. It's taking them to weird places. You know what? Anyone listen to the news this morning? You know what happened in the last 24 hours in Delhi in India? They had a cow urine drinking party. Let me say it again. A cow urine, cow urine drinking party. Because they believe that there were healing qualities in the cow's urine. The Hindus over there, they had 900 people in Delhi turn up to this party. And lo and behold, the medical experts came out and said, there is no proof that cow urine can protect you from coronavirus. But it didn't matter what the experts said. We're going to drink this because we're, it's making people do crazy things. Stupid things. They're going to probably look back on that in three months' time, walk past each other in the street and go, I know... Oh, yeah, that's right. You were there, weren't you? Sorry. Can't believe I did that. How stupid. Faith will take you somewhere too. Faith will take you to the cross. Faith will take you to Jesus. Faith will take you to life, to peace. Faith will help you maintain joy. Faith, faith, faith won't have you going out there and, 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 and selling everything and stockpiling and, and thinking that the end of the world as we know it is here. Will the world end with this? I doubt it, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a great theologian. <laughs> but I do know this. Jesus was asked the same question. He said, well, Father knows. I, even I don't know that stuff. Fear will take you somewhere, but faith will too. Let's allow faith to take us to the cross of Jesus. Let's get out there when we leave this morning and let's have a positive declaration to say to the world, hey, you know what, we're not, we're not, we, we've got all the information you've got, but we know something you don't. There's a God in heaven who loves you to death. He's passionate about you. He cares for you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He can turn all things together for the good of those that love him. If you love him in this room right now, you know what, that means that this virus, that means what's happening in the world. He can turn anything around and use it for the glory of God. The devil sits there rubbing his hands together going, I think I've found a way. I think I've found a way. And God's sitting there going, you got no idea. I'm going to get glory out of this at the end. My people are going to rise up. And there's going to be a clear distinction between those who are going to go down with the fear and those who are going to stand up in faith and go, you know what? we got this covered. Amen. Our God is mighty. God is mighty. Daniel 3. Verse 17 and 18, we all know the story about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And they're going towards the fiery furnace. Let me find that in here. You want to whack that up on the screen for me? Look, if you can. You just enjoy yourselves while I find it, people. It's okay, I beat you to it. I beat the tech guy. 
Daniel chapter 3. There's an edict from the king, and of course, they've all got to bow down to something other than God. That's what it's about. Who are we going to bow down to? Who are we going to drop our knee to today? Whatever you bow your knee to becomes your God in that moment. And these guys took a stand. They said, you know what? We ain't bowing our knee to anyone but God. We ain't bowing our knee to anyone but Jesus Christ. Verse 17 and verse 18. They said, we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. They said, if that's the case, our God who we serve, he's able. I love that. He's able to. He's able to. He may, may not. We're not, we're not making a case. We're not saying God will. We're just saying we know that God can. Therefore, if he doesn't, it's still his choice. And he knows better. Our God is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Doesn't matter whether we make it through this, whether we burn or we don't. We'll be out of your hand. In other words, you will never control us. Whether we get burnt into cinder or we walk out of there, God will take us out of your hand. You don't control us. You don't control us. God does. In verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. Here's what they're saying. We will not serve your gods, nor will we worship anything other than our God. I'll bow my knee to God in faith, not the devil in fear. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Some of you probably love worship. Some of you might. But I want to do something here. I believe that there is a spiritual dimension to life. Hands up if you believe that. I believe that right now, as we're in this room, that there's stuff going on. I don't believe heaven is a thousand miles that way. Heaven and hell is a thousand miles that way. Because hell can only go half the circumference of the earth, I guess, down. So we'd have an exact destination. And if heaven's up there, then NASA pilots will eventually find it. They haven't so far. So I don't believe that. We're surrounded by saints. There's a dimension other than what I can see, taste, touch, feel and smell. And right now, there are angels worshipping with us in this room, declaring the goodness of God. And you know what? There are other voices that can't help but hear that too. They don't like it. Because they're out there singing their songs, telling the world you should be afraid. The end is near. Let's lift our voice this morning. Let's declare the goodness of Jesus over this place. Amen. Over our community, over our families, over our churches over our nation. Let's do it.